The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. He's playing angry. I, I say that to him all the time. I say, you play angry. I love it. You got everybody else getting angry too. Um, he's had a couple of plays. You know, there was one even in the Raiders game the last time where he just knocks people around um, and I think that's contagious and that helps us um, there are times you write about the sack that's not just about sacks it's uh, if he's demanding a double team or if he's driving somebody into the quarterback the quarterback's got to move his feet and then he falls into somebody else so those kind of things is what, uh, what we're getting and it's, it's, it's helping it's an angry game it's a physical game I just go out and it's a legal way to be violent And finally, we are back at it. Show at BK on the Chiefs. Uh, it's it's Friday. It's Friday, a beautiful Friday, and I'm sure you are uh, been waiting to hear this. There's no BK this week. <laughs> As we told you last week, it's just show and Serta. There's no right. BK this week. Yeah, BK is getting married. Is he getting married this weekend? Is he getting married tomorrow? I, Friday? I I believe it's Saturday. Yeah, it's Saturday. He, he looks like I don't know the time or location, but I believe yeah. it's on Saturday. Yeah, I, I just you never know. I mean, BK seems like a guy that is cheap that would try to move <laughs> it to the Sunday wedding because those Sunday weddings are much cheaper. Um, but uh, I believe it's Saturday. So uh, our guys get married and uh, hey, man, enjoy yourself. Have a good weekend. He's got the honeymoon next week, too. So uh, it's going to be good times and congratulations. What'd you say? Two weeks. Two weeks just yeah, us. Two weeks. Yeah, just us. Yeah, um, post game next week after the Chargers game. And uh, and I want to send a special shout out. Um, Serta, you've you've known me for a while and, and these are uh, these are tough moments these days. Um uh and I wanna say a special prayer and wrap my arms around uh, the bride's father. Uh <laughs> good luck with good luck for you um this week. Not that you're not getting a beautiful son-in-law future son-in-law because bk's a good guy and you know how he he feels about your daughter but um these are always a rough rough days <laughs> for the uh for the fathers of the bride hey why wouldn't he be happy bk's um, an outstanding guy no he is going to be but i'm gonna tell you it's gonna hit him around <laughs> that time at that reception maybe maybe right pro- before he's doing his speech it's a uh, it's one thing to kind of assume or to feel like your daughter's sexually active. <laughs> but it's one thing when you know for sure that you are hours away from knowing for sure <laughs> that your daughter is getting it on. And um, that's that's got to be a tough I, one for many fathers. I, I could see <laughs> the look in my father-in-law's eyes that night. Um, that's what marriage he, is all about. I know it's not... It's a lovely ceremony. You know, it is, but I'm just saying it's one, like I said, it's one thing to know. And, and you know, like you're at the reception, you're hours away from knowing your little girl who you used to change diapers is not your little girl anymore. And you may have already known it, but <laughs> he's probably now. just thinking about all the grandkids that they're going to have. What a right, wonderful person DK yeah. is. What, awesome. I'm sure the ceremony is going to be fantastic. I'm sure everything about it. It's going to be. It is. Enough. It is. But I'm also sure at about 10 PM, wherever he is, he's going to 
be shook up a little bit because <laughs> uh, you just gotta get hammered drunk. <laughs> yeah, you got to. I think you have to, and uh, it's always I always feel 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 bad. Like I remember when Carlos Correa when they won the World Series and he and he proposed to his girl and she jumped the fence and made out with him. I felt so bad for that for that little girl's father because <laughs> you know that night it is going down. He won the World Series. He proposed it. And she jumped over the railing. It is going down. And he knew it. And so will Brandon's father-in-law. So prayers up to you, sir. Um, it'll be a really, really great day for you and your little girl until the nightfall hits. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. BK is going to bring it. So uh, we miss you here, man. And uh, we'll we'll hold it down. <laughs> and we know you'll hold it down. Uh, while we're uh, while you're gone and get married, but uh, look, I I, I want to say, sir, I think that I feel like the Chiefs are in a really good spot right now, a really good spot, right? And they weren't impressive in their game on Sunday Night Football. Those twenty-two points, the only touchdown offensively they scored was the the Patrick Mahomes scramble. They won twenty-two to nine. It was offensively. And I pretty much called it last week. I said, I think they're going to win by double digits, but there's still going to be some part of the offense where you're going to be like, it's not quite, it, it ain't, something ain't working. And we saw that. But I still think, sir, that they're in a really good spot because right now it's not only the team that has got the number one seed right now in the AFC and the New England Patriots. But after their win and that stupid game that we had to watch and sit through on Monday, they're saying, I mean, it's stupid. Why are we playing in this game? 50-mile-an-hour wins. <laughs> and why, why Brian Dable said to himself, let me, let me whip it around 30 times. Uh, <laughs> As the most disrespectful display of coaching I've ever stupid. seen. And I saw the, the second punt was kicked straight <laughs> up into the air. And then at 15 yards away, it hooked a right and went and went over the Bills bench. And I'm just like, okay, what are we doing here tonight? But anyway, they played that stupid game and they won 14 to 10. And they're the number one overall seed right now in the AFC. And I don't think that it's just they're the number one overall seed, but they are, they are, I think, many people's favorite right now. Many people say they trust the Patriots. They think the Patriots are the best team in the AFC. And I say that, Serta, because I think the Chiefs are in a good spot if that's where people are. If people believe, and, 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 and if the Patriots are the best team that they've got to fight through, and this isn't, you know, the Patriots with Tom. This is this current version of the Patriots. If the Patriots are the team that they feel like they got to get over, that's the, that's the standard bearer, so to speak, right now, the team to beat in the AFC, I think the Chiefs are in a good spot, sort of, because, listen, Bill Belichick is – the greatest coach I've ever seen in my life. But at some point, talent weighs out. And we've watched it. We've watched it happen to him, even when he's had Brady. And right now, he's bringing Mac Jones, who's been solid. He is not the offensive rookie of the year. Jamar Chase, in my opinion, is. But he has been a really solid, solid player. Um, and I'm not even talking about him throwing the ball three times in that stupid game. Even the other games, he's a solid, solid player. But they're not bringing much else to the table. They're bringing a great defense, yes, but they're not. But I'm talking about there's, I mean, Nelson Aguilar is, is, is the outside. They're bringing Hunter Henry. I mean, they're not bringing – they don't have any difference makers, any guys. And I, and I, and I like their run Kendrick game. Bourne. Kendrick Bourne's been good. Yeah, I, uh, he's, as, he's as reliable to me as Jason Bourne. Um, <laughs> but uh, shout out to Matt Damon. I know you listen to the podcast. We'll accept you as a, a guest, but only for two minutes. Uh, but um, but no, I, I like I, I like the run game at times, but I just don't think they got enough bullets. Like they don't scare me whatsoever. I don't care where the game is played. They don't scare me whatsoever because I take my chances. If I'm Andy Reid, I'm bringing to the table the best quarterback in the game, at least the top three. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is playing, but. I'm bringing what I what I think I could see Andy saying the best quarterback in the game. I'm bringing Tyreek Hill. I'm bringing Kelsey, even with their drops. I'm bringing I, I'm bringing Chris Jones. I'm bringing Tyron Matthew. I'm bringing Super Bowl champs. I'm bringing guys that have been through it all. 
and he's bringing a very a, a good defense, especially with him. Um, but he doesn't have a lot of weapons that scare you. That 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 I believe, if it's had, if it's forced to be a Mac Jones game, and I think the Chiefs, even with their the silliness of their offense, can make it a Mac Jones game. I think you feel good about it. I think you got to feel decent about the fact that if the, the Patriots are the team to beat, with what the Chiefs bring to the table, like. I think you feel good. I don't think like like in the NFC, I, I would be nervous. You got the Packers, you got the Bucks, you got the Cardinals. Like those teams, I think I think those teams are much better teams than the Patriots. So I, I think the Chiefs have time to get their act together. And I think that's actually sets up for them to be in a really good spot since everyone believes the Patriots are the team to beat. I I disagree with you a, a little bit. It's I do believe that the Patriots are the number one team in the AFC right now. And I think the chiefs are the number two team in the AFC because Baltimore his Lamar Jackson's been flat out special at times this year, but they're kind of falling apart. They've got injuries all over the place. The Titans have injuries all over the place. And, and I just think that they're not that great right now. Like they're just not a very talented football team right now. When you lose Derrick Henry, when you, lose Julio Jones and AJ Brown for large portions of the season. Like they're just not that great right now. And so Kansas city, I think is the second best team in the AFC, but I don't think this new England team is like a pushover or anything like that. Like, yeah, Mac Jones leaves a lot to be desired, but he's still a rookie quarterback and Belichick's going to put him in favorable positions. And Josh McDaniels is going to dial up the offense to keep him from, turning the football over and making mistakes and their coaching has been so good this year. Like their game plans are just flawless. Their defense is absolutely elite. Their secondary is shut down. Their pass rush is, is going to give you all kinds of problems all day. Matthew Jujan's been absolutely insane. And I think that they are specifically set up to give a team like the chiefs, a lot of problems. Like their running game is flat out unstoppable. Like they're going to run, whether you want them to or not. And then Mac Jones is going to have some nice throws here and there. Like the Patriots, this is just like a vintage Belichick Patriots team where they're just coached incredibly well across the board and they never make mistakes. And so it, it's hard for me not to buy into that. Like early on in the season, I was like, oh, they're still young and getting, getting it together. And now I'm like, okay, I'm all in on Bill Belichick. Like I, I don't think that this is shaping up to be an easy road for the chiefs necessarily, especially the way that they've been playing this season. Yeah. I, yeah. I, like unstoppable in their, in their run game. I think it's, I mean, I think it's a bit, it's to me a bit strong. I don't think they're unstoppable, but I mean, I'm, I, listen, I'm not saying the Patriots suck, right? I, I, I'm not saying that. Listen, I got respect for Bill Belichick as the, as the greatest, as the greatest coach I've ever seen. He's just like offensively, at some point, Matt Jones is going to have to – it's going to get turned over to him. And I believe the Chiefs, even with their offensive silliness and with the Patriots' de defense, the Chiefs at some point, I believe, will put up enough points to turn this into a Matt Jones and the weapons outside with Matt Jones to beat us. I don't think the Patriots' defense, how good it is with, with Belichick, will just shut the Chiefs down. Right, even as even as silly as the Chiefs have played, I don't think they will shut them down. Like I don't think he's going to do what the the t the Titans did to the Chiefs. I don't believe that's going. I don't think another team does that. And 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 with that, I just I think talent wins out. And the Chiefs aren't poorly coached. Right, it's not Bill O'Brien and his group going in to face him. I think the Chiefs have the overwhelming talent advantage. And big, big play guys, and I think they are well coached too, and I think they have a Hall of Fame coach as well. And I, I, I just, I, I, like I said, I think the Patriots are, are are good, but I think they're too. This is this is too soon. And at some point, man, I got to go with the firepower that, and, and the Chiefs have the firepower that that, that I think the Patriots going to have a hard time matching unless they're playing in a game where it's 50 mile an hour winds and no one can, can move and, and take advantage of things, well, then maybe that evens the playing field. And even throughout all the years in Foxborough, when it's been really, really cold, 
we ain't seen stuff like that where teams can't throw the football. So I, I like I, I, I just like and, and sir, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't believe you. I don't believe that you you have a playoff game that you're going to you're going to look Mac Jones in the eye with Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the field with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and you're going to believe in your heart that Mac Jones and Hunt Henry and, and, and Jason Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, Aguilar and John U. Smith, like you believe that they're going to beat them. And Harris, you can get all the running backs too. Like I don't believe you. I think you're lying to yourself. I think you're lying to your country. I think you're <laughs> lying to many people in your family. I think you're lying to all those great books oh. you have set up back there. I think you're lying. I don't know why you're doing it. <laughs> and it's pissing me off. I, I do think if they played tomorrow or if they played this weekend, if they were playing the Patriots instead of the Raiders. I oh, I want to get think, this on record. I, I get think this on the record. Patriots would win that football game. God, you're full of it. Because we keep doing this dance all season long where we're saying – the Chiefs are more talented than everybody. And I agree. On paper, they are. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are better f- pass-catching assets than any team in the NFL probably has. But this season, they just haven't been that. So if they had to play on, on Sunday against the Patriots, I would pick the Patriots in that football game because I don't trust the Chiefs' offense at all right now until I see something to make me believe that the offense has turned a corner. I think they can get there at some point still, and I have faith that they can do that. And I believe in the defense right now, but that Patriots defense is really, really good. Their running game is really, really good, and they simply do not make mistakes that cost them in football games, and that translates to wins, which is why they're the number one team in the AFC right now. Serta, you're a known liar, and you're doing it again. Uh, and I don't I don't understand why. you. I, 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 you I just got faith in Mac. Got, you got faith in Mac and Bill Belichick. But listen, I listen, I'm not gonna have listen, I'll look at this and they are on a streak. They have played well, but I just want to roll through these these teams and these wins. They played the Buffalo Bills in a game that shouldn't even have been played. They're playing them in a in a game where it wasn't football. Oh, so we're discounting that, that, just, that game I, that they just, dominated on the ground without even passing the football. I'm just saying in a real football game, in a real game where weather is absolutely is actually fair in some form or fashion, I don't believe they can get away with just throwing the ball three times. I don't believe that. I don't, I don't think they that. want to do that in the playoffs either. But I don't believe that. They can do that if so, they want to. So I don't think your... that was the plan initially, and then no, they said, screw it. I know, we but <laughs> We don't respect Sean McDermott whatsoever. We're just going to run all over his team and embarrass them on national yeah, television. I, I don't believe with the real weather that Josh that Josh Allen and their offense would have been they would have been allowed to just be able to do that. So that game to me is the best win they've had in the stretch and I don't I, and, and I don't put as much as much stock into that one because it wasn't a real game. They then beat the Chattanooga Titans. That's not the Tennessee Titans. That is a farm club that is playing for the, for the Titans at this moment with everyone they have out. They beat the Atlanta Falcons. Hoo-hoo! They beat broke down Baker and the terrible Browns at home. They beat the Panthers who were in with seeing ghost Dan or, or Sam Darnold and the Chargers. The Chargers are their best win in that stretch. And then they beat the, the sorry ass Jets. Like I like the Chargers at the right time. They're coming, coming on at the right time. They're coming the on year. at the right time, and they're and they're getting all of these great teams and offenses. Like I want to, I want to slow it up about this this dominant run game and this dominant defense. I don't like like to me. They gotta, they gotta. I don't think they can stop the Chiefs from scoring twenty four points. Like the I, Chiefs play like, I mean, the Chiefs haven't put that up since that Raiders game. <laughs> so, like I don't, like so I, I mean, I think they can right now. I, yeah, I, I don't think that the Chiefs – that's a very good point. But I don't believe the Chiefs <laughs> – I don't believe in – I don't believe in the playoffs with it, with it on the line, with it really on the line. I don't believe in the playoffs that the Chiefs will be held – that they can hold them down to 24 points. I don't. And I and, and and with that being the case, I'm 
like to me, I'm not sure that they that they can put up more than 24 on the Chiefs because I think at that point it becomes a Mac Jones game. I'm just listen. The, can can the Patriots are they capable of beating the Chiefs? Sure, but I'm saying is like I'm I'm good. I'm good if I'm the Chiefs in the AFC and the Patriots are the top team, the team that I got to get past because I got all the weapons. I got it all. They've got a great coach. I've got a great coach. But at some point, that great defense ain't been playing against Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. And even with how stupid they can play sometimes, they're going to get 24 points in the playoffs. Can can Daniel can Daniel can Mac Jones match it? Mac ten my ass. We saw can what Mac... he did against the against the Cowboys, another playoff contending team. Yeah, he lost. <laughs> he put. Did he have a good game? Did he put up some points though? He put he up lost. some points. Yeah, it, but he couldn't 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 get it done. He couldn't get it done. All right, so I mean, like I'm telling you, I, I think they're in a good in a good space on that. All right, we do it every week when the Chiefs have the ball and when the Raiders have the ball. We'll start when the Chiefs have the ball. And and Serta, as I take a nice sip of this angry orchard. God, I'm a sucker for cider, baby. <laughs> sucker for cider. Don't those but, have, like too much sugar in them or something? Those can't what be. What are we doing here, man? What are we doing? <laughs> God, you hate her? I can't I can't treat myself. Treat yourself. I'm sorry. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I don't like ciders personally. Uh, Just a little too sweet for me. Nah, I don't like a bunch of sugar in my alcohol. (laughs) I I mean, just come out and say it if you feel (laughs) it. I just just prefer my alcohol to punch me in the face a little bit more. Listen, I like a punch in the face sometimes, but sometimes I like a smooth sailor. Sometimes I like a little something where, hey, Give me four or five of these bad boys, and I'm a I'm a little messed up, and I feel I feel good about it. And I like I, sometimes I like it to taste so good it sneaks up on me, and I'm like, woo, wow! I had seven of those. Let's go! Look at this punch in the face. How much how much alcohol is in these things? About five percent. Yeah, four five, and a half. five. No, it says five. Don't go four and a half. And it's naturally gluten free. Good God Almighty, we're taking care of everything here. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it. Can we? When the Chiefs have the ball, I am. When haters stop coming in and and, and hating on me, but no, <laughs> listen. We talked about the Chiefs' offense, and I do believe they will muster more. And I and I don't know how you feel about this, Serta, but when they have the ball, like I, I think the Chiefs need to find their effort back. Like this, their effort, their effort right back because. They've lost that. And I think part of it has to do with us, the media, people always, people coming around talking about, all right, man, they're taking, they're taking the, the, the deep stuff down the field. They're playing those two safeties back, and you got to take what they give you. you got to take what they give you. you got to use the middle of the field. you got to use the running backs. And I think to a certain extent there is some truth to that, and I think it's worked at, at, at times, right? But I think with this, the Chiefs have moved so much to where they're just they're trying to they're trying so much of what the of just doing everything and playing offense and letting it be dictated by what the defense is doing instead of saying, hey dog, yeah, we're gonna take a little bit of what you give us, but man, we're gonna set the table. We are going to dictate what happens out here some. And yeah, you want to put two safeties back there? Who cares? Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball further than anybody, and, and Tyreek Hill can run faster, and we've seen him go up and make big plays even when he's double covered. I remember the touchdown pass a couple years ago, the home game against the, uh, the the Texans when they lost the year they won the Super Bowl. And the first score of the game, he jumped over Bradley Roby and Justin Reed and caught a touchdown in between the two of them, where it's like, oh, my God. Like, there <laughs> used to be a level of – Effort from Mahomes and the and the and the Chiefs offense, and I don't care if you cover them deep, they're gonna still do it. They're gonna do what they do, and they gotta get a little bit of that back, Serta. They gotta get a we do what we do. Yes, there's some take it take what the defense gives us, but then there's also gotta be a man. We do what we do. 
All right. Because I think they've completely lost an identity. They don't have an identity. They're trying to do some week to week thing where, hey, we're going to run the ball sometimes. Then we're not. Then we're going to dink and dump. Then we're not. We're going to try to go in the middle of the. No. And I, and I think a lot of the errors come from because guys are just, just not the drops and stuff. They're just not, they're not comfortable. Go back and just say, listen, we're going to, we'll adjust, but we got to be us. We got to be the Chiefs. And we gotta, we gotta take, we gotta take chances down the field. We're gonna make you stop us, because, sir. I don't know if I don't remember it. And I watched the game. I think I, I probably watched it twice. I don't ever remember them even throwing a go route in the game against the Broncos. Like I, I, I don't remember it. And 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 I think Chris Collinsworth did a great job uh, talking about this. Is like this wasn't even too too deep safety look a lot of the times that the Broncos were doing. They were they were having a single high and which means one safety back and everybody they just I mean the Chiefs never even went deep. Like you can't like I think Tyreek and McCole Hardman should run multiple goal routes a game just to just to put it so they gotta get back their effort and get back to themselves and develop the identity this team has had for years because right now they are they look disheveled. They look like they're 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 struggling, and now they don't even have an identity. So they don't know what they are week to week. And I think they got to get back to being themselves and just saying effort. You want to double cover us? That's fine. I'm still going to throw it up. Come stop it every time. Yeah, I mean, I I think that they want to do that, and it just wasn't working for so long early in the season that now they're just simply not doing it at all. And- but well, but we were, you know, we spent several weeks being like, okay, maybe you need to dust off that Alex Smith stuff and, and run some more running back screens and design wide receiver screens and stuff like that. Just get the get the football in the playmakers' hands and let them make plays. And now they're starting to do that. And it's not as exciting. I mean, I want to see them throw the football down the field. I like seeing Patrick Mahomes throw 50-yard touchdowns to Tyreek Hill. It's a lot more fun. It's a lot more exciting than kind of wondering whether or not this offense is actually good, which is kind of what they're doing right now. It's making you question whether or not they're actually good. Is this offense's day just kind of passed at this point? I don't think that's the case. I I think this year has just been weird. And I agree that they have to figure out who they are before the playoffs Right, but, like, like, would you would you agree that they got they've lost any kind of identity? They're just out yeah. there. They're well, just out there playing. You know, and we're we're getting close to saying, okay, they're just a defensive team now. Like, like, that, well, like that's that's just can't that's not going to work. <laughs> like, but but we're getting close to that point, right? Because now we've had a large enough sample size of that defense being fantastic, where we could say, okay, we can trust them now. But now can we trust the offense? Because they put up 41 points against the Raiders in week 10, but they haven't come close to that type of offensive output since then. And they've continued to struggle. And some of it is they've slowed the game down. They've they've tried to help with the protection problems that they were having early on in the season, the passing game, by having Mahomes get rid of the ball faster. And that way he doesn't have these massive dropbacks where we saw Orlando Brown really struggling to protect him early in the year. And now they're down to Andrew Wiley. So I think that has a lot to do with the adjustment too. It's it's the Chiefs trying to get by with what they have right now because I think that they have some question marks at the bookend tackle positions, even though those guys have been playing better. But I think that their play has been elevated by the fact that everything is now being focused on, okay, we got to help them out too, and we got to stop turning the football yeah. over. So that's why we're going to go in the short stuff now. Even even if defenses aren't playing that that cover two look, we're still going to just stick with our game plan and play defense and score points. It's Alex Smith era Andy Reid all over again. Like they've totally reverted to that right now. Yeah, but and that's just that's that's not an identity. And and that's and that can't be what they have. Like they don't like like they don't have Dwayne Bow and 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 whoever the original number 17 was, I cannot remember his name for to save my life. He sucked. Uh, he caught a long touchdown pass in a playoff game against the Colts. I, God, Donnie I can, Avery. Yeah, Donnie Avery. Good God. Good pull. He's a former uh, call. Good, good, yeah, he good, good pull, sir. I, I, listen, I, see, my thing is, though, you, you can still put pressure on the defense 
by going over the top and, and helping Andrew Wiley. Like, 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 like you can still chip, you can still leave another a back end, you can still do those things. There is no way in hell with the guys they have that they should go a game without a go route. Like a, a game without a go route. I don't, and I don't I give agree. a rip. I don't give a rip if they're playing like this is the other part is certain. We know this is not the first time we've seen teams play too high safety on them. And that and, and it has not just stopped them. Like they are stopping themselves. And I and I want to say again, I put some of this on me and us as the media because we have called and said they've got to they've got to stop doing this. They've got to take what the defense has given them. And I do think they have to do that to a certain extent, but I think they've gone overkill with it. Like I like oh. like hell in the Super Bowl when they won. Sort of I mean Nick Bosa and, and 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 Buckner and all that, they were whooping the Chiefs' offensive line's ass. But that didn't stop them from from still throwing the ball down the field. That didn't stop them from still taking chances. And and, and, and they wouldn't have won that Super Bowl if they'd have just gone in and just said, All right, man. Like at some point you can't just say, Okay, this is what the chief, this is what the defense has given us, and we're just gonna take it. At some point, you gotta say, which is the up your sign and the F it. And F you, so, we're going to do what we do. But see, I think the way that they do that is by scoring early in the game, which is something that they've struggled to do. They've been scoring on Andy Reid's opening scripts, and then after that, they that's when the, everything starts to go downhill offensively. If they get up big in the game, then I think that's where you start to get that. Okay, let's just go. Let's just let's let's just score points. Let's we don't we don't care what's going on right now. But they haven't been doing that lately, and that's not who they are right now because I do miss Patrick Mahomes improvising outside of the pocket and making incredible throws. I want to see it again, but a, and but I think that we it, will, but that's just not who they are right now. But a part of it is – but it doesn't have to be. Like a part of it, they are volunteering themselves to play left-handed the whole time. Like they're doing it. They're Like, they're, like it's going past – the defense is, is is giving us, and we're going to do this at times to where they've completely shifted to playing left-handed the whole way, voluntarily the whole way, like and and they just got too many parts to not to not be able to just be themselves and go down the field to do it. And I think they got to get some of that back. I I really do. And this takes me to my next mark that. I wish BK was here, and I know he'll wish he's here. I'm sure on his on his honeymoon he'll be listening to this episode. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe this will be something they dance to. I'm not sure he's listening maybe on to this the way podcast. Back on the honeymoon, probably not on the way there. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking one of the nights that they're spending there, they'll just throw this on <laughs> uh, for an hour. But I think they got to use McCole Hardman more. I listen, and and I'm not saying. And I'm not even necessarily – I think he should probably touch the ball as a threat a little bit more. I'm not even saying as, like, they got to get him more touches. I mean, they had 50-something snaps in the game, and he played nine. Um, and and I just think for them to get some of that back, to them playing themselves, they have to have the dominant the, – the, the threat, the threat of big play. And I think Byron Pringle right now has been more reliable. I guess I think Demarcus Robinson has been at this point a little bit more reliable, which is weird. Um, but I I think the element, the fear of McCole Hardman screaming down the field, the fear of potentially even like we watched him in, in the one ball he got. Uh, hell, I think it was last week. He, he had like a little screen and he took it for 12. Like the the element of of his speed, and it, it, it and if for no other reason, like even this could be the main reason that he's on the field more when he's on the field. Like there's a there is a tinge, at least a tinge of fear factor from the defense that oh god, like this dude has this dude has electric speed. We got to make sure we see that. And I think like I watched him on a play, one of his nine snaps. Where he he ran and and ran a post up the top of the up the middle of the field and opened up things for Tyreek. Now I'm pretty sure Tyreek dropped it, 
but opened up things for Tyreek and <laughs> and was there open because they started to pay attention. It's a fear oh. factor. It's a fear factor that Byron Pringle uh, doesn't doesn't have. It's a fear factor that Josh Gordon, damn sure, doesn't give. I don't know what he's out there for, but it's a fear factor. He's out there with his Fitbit, just getting steps. <laughs> it's a, it's a fear factor that that Demarcus Robinson doesn't give. And I just think at least for for nothing else to open things up, they gotta they just gotta at least put him on the field more. I would love to see design screens to McColl because I think he could be really effective in that role. Just get him into space and, and try to give him room to take off. I think that's how they should use him. I think the ship has already sailed on this thing. When you get replaced as punt returner by Mike Hughes. And you get 17 snaps on offense. We got nine. Nine or 17% of the snaps on offense. 17%. Then that's a problem. And that says, and now, and it's been trending downwards. That that just says that they're kind of done with you. They they don't think that you're a game-changing player and you're not benefiting them when you were on the field. And so, yeah, Byron Prinkle. Is the guy right now, I guess. Demarcus Robinson and Josh Gordon are, are get are getting that rotational role. And it's a bummer because I would like to see McColl thrive, as we've talked about on this podcast. I, you I know, I, I want to see him take the top off that's of defenses. He's just not a good all-around wide but, receiver, and we know that now. And that and that and that and that's fine. I dis I disagree with the the thought. Or what their or, or their plan of attack to just saying f it with them, I, I I just think there is still like we watched it last week. Like, uh, I mean, they at least opened the damn door. I mean, Josh Gordon's out there, and and I mean, there's just nothing. I mean, there's there's no separation. There's nothing. Hell, he's dropping the ball when he's out there. And we look at Brian, Byron Pringle. I mean, what the hell was that all about? Old drops, right? And and, 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 and I'm just saying, none of them are doing. Or doing anything. And to me, I'm good with it. Serta, if you say to myself, all right, this is what we're going to do, man. We're going to run screens, and then we're going to run him go routes. Doesn't necessarily mean we're going to throw it to him, but you get out there and that element of he's going deep, and he's screaming down the middle of the field or up the field, and it's taking away somebody. Like, like I, you give him, let him get 50% of the snaps to do that. To open things up, the threat has to be there. I think when you have Byron Pringle and Josh Gordon in there, there's not a fear factor at all of a threat, right? Like those are possession receivers. One in in Byron Pringle who actually, you know, will will be a part of possessing the ball, and another one who just runs routes like a possession <laughs> receiver, but doesn't actually possess the ball. So I mean, yeah, but- I, I just. I think the problem, though, is that Tyreek Hill is essentially a possession wide receiver right now. The way they're running this thing, they're just not interested in those deep balls at the moment. They just said, "Okay, we'll adapt. And this is what we got. It's what we wanted early in the season. It's what we're stuck with now until they decide to start throwing it deep again. But it, but it, but it's so stupid. It, it's it's not just deep balls. With one, you could run multiple verts with those two guys and 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 make people make decisions. But two, you can run him up the middle of the field and then have Tyreek underneath it. But underneath it is twenty yards down the field. Sort of like like no. it's, no. it's Ty- Tyreek's Tyreek's Dwayne Bow now. He's just he just moves the chains. That's I just who he is now. I know I know many people are sitting here and now saying, show you idiot, you've lost this weight and it's going to your head. That's right, 122 pounds, folks. Uh but but, but no, man, you gotta have that element of a threat because I'm telling you, Josh Gordon comes out on that field lined up outside. I'm telling you, I think the Raiders are gonna sit there and go, Whoo, all right, let's just track him. But you let that fool because we watched it against the Raiders. Pat threw it. I loved it. I loved the bit of effort. But that man, McCole Hartman, ran down the middle of the field, and two people immediately ran with him. They were watching him and immediately ran with him. Now, Pat threw it, and it could have been picked. But they immediately, like the attention that they brought to him immediately, and Tyreek was on the field. Like, you got to use that. You got to use that. Let somebody send Josh on a go route. 
I mean, at least he can go up and get it. If he has oh, to. yeah. Can he get there in time? <laughs> His run, he probably official, can't get there anymore, but the McCall official, can't go up and get it. Yeah, the line judge will be running with him. Like, I mean, come on. Like, I just – like, we just got to be – we just got to – I just – I think they got to use that kid I, more. It, it, if not el- for nothing else but as a decoy. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, what about, all right, let's go with the Raiders when the Raiders have the ball. Um Listen, I, I, I think this defense for the Chiefs has, has been amazing. I'm shocked off my ass. And I and I and I and I include the fact that they're playing like every team they've played either it doesn't have good quarterback play or they just have just had things that have worked and helped against the that have helped the Chiefs, you know, like no Aaron Rodgers. You know, Henry Ruggs just being, you know, sent, you know, arrested and having his situation when the Raiders first planned without him, the Cowboys losing Amari Cooper and then losing C.D. Lamb in the middle of the game. The Giants stink. Like, they just – they've had some, some things to help their cause. I don't give a rip. These guys have been amazing and have been the best part of the team. And with that being said, as we've talked about this offense, I think it is best for Steve Spagnola and Andy Reid for that standpoint. They need to look at, at, at their defense, and their defense should be preparing to have to be this type of defense the rest of the way to get to where they want to get to. Now, I don't I don't think that I don't think they got a chance to get to the Super Bowl if their offense, if their defense is still the best part of the team. But I think they, they got to prepare this way. And they've got to they've got to kind of shut the water off of everything. And 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 sort of they can't get run on the way they did against Denver. The Williams kid, and you talked about it. You said he is made to 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 beat this team uh, and to and to give the Chiefs problems, and he did. That's what I'm what I'm watching for. It didn't happen the first time, and the Chiefs have been pretty good against the run. And it kind of started with Derrick Henry, and they've done pretty well against that. Sunday night, though, they got ran over over and over again by Williams. And to me, they got to, they, they, they can't let Jacobs do that. They, this can't start to become a trend where teams are running over them. Yeah. But I'd, I'd be shocked if Josh Jacobs has a monster game or something like that. Like, and he had 16 rushing yards in the first matchup. <laughs> like Josh Jacobs is an okay running back. Javante Williams is a special running back in my opinion, which is why I wasn't shocked that, he had a monster game against them. It's like what Javante Williams is like, that's what the Patriots can do to you. That's why I would be scared of the Patriots. I'm not scared of Josh Jacobs. I, I think the run defense is fine. It's actually been a pleasant surprise for most of the season. And so I I think that they're fine there. I think that's still where you beat them. Cause I think the secondary when it's fully healthy is better. Pass rush is better. We know Chris Jones has always kind of been a liability in the run game, but Derek Nottie's having a nice year. Jaron Reed has has actually finally started to show up and and make plays in games. So I think all of that stuff is kind of helping like complement the overall defense. But I do agree that like I'm leaning more and more towards, okay, this defense is just the best part of this football team. And so and that's, I do, and want, that's I do want those guys to – yeah, I do want those guys to have that mentality because it's, it's a night and day difference from the start of the season, and I'm at this point, whatever excuses you want to make, it's hard to play defense in the NFL, and they've done it for long enough that I believe they're a good defense. Now. Well, I, I just say it from the standpoint, like I said, I fully believe that the Chiefs will, will pull this together and get their offense, maybe not to the point where we're like, man, these jokers can put 40 on you quick. But I, I think we, I think they'll get to the point of they can put 28 on you 
And but but with that being said, I think the defense though needs to approach it as hey man, we get in the playoffs, we might have to win scoring 16, 17 points. And that means they've got to shore up everything. And they got to shore up the run game in, in a big way, like, like not let this get away from them. Like I said, it's not been a problem of late in this stretch. And like I said, it started with, like, uh, I mean, they gave up under 90 yards to Derrick Henry, who's the best back in the game. And from, from there on out, it's been pretty good. I think the Packers, we talked about it, got them a little bit, but nothing, but nothing crazy. This was the first game we were like, God, man, they, they look like, early parts of the year where they were just getting run over. They just can't allow that to be a trend because the way that the Chiefs offense is played, they have to approach it in their mind. What if we got to win 17 to 14? And the difference could be a team is just getting first downs and staying on the field and they're running the football the way the, the, that the Broncos did. So, I, I mean, I think that – so I think they got to sure that part up. Yeah, going into this game, I think it's hard to try to figure out what we could really learn about this team from this game because I think the Chiefs are just flat out better than the Raiders right now. Yeah. And, you know, the Raiders were looking good early in the season, but they're just not that good right anymore based on everything they've been through this season. And so a dominating performance by this defense again this week against the Raiders doesn't really tell me that much about this team. Same goes for the offense, but yes, you want to see the defense continue to do that, improve that, and we'll see if they get Rashad Fenton back. He's been fantastic yeah. when he's been on the football field, but the Chiefs secondary is just really good. Like Their secondary is just legitimately good now with Juan back there playing a big role. Tyron Matthew playing the key role that he has within the defense, and then Charvarius Ward, Legarius Need, and Rashad Fenton are a hell of a trio of cornerbacks. Like, their secondary is legit now. Well, and speaking of the secondary with this game, I think it, it really bodes well for the Chiefs that the guy that Derek Carr, because, I don't know, Waller Waller is their best receiving threat when he's right, and hell, he may not even play this game. Um, as, uh, as, as we look at the injury report, he's been injured. But the place that Derek Carr feels comfortable and wants to go to is Hunter Renfro, and he generally lives in the slot, and that's where Legeria Sneed lives. And so you feel better because potentially your best guy, although Rashad Fenton, the way he's played and how the metrics and the numbers, they love his ass. He's been really good, but I still think Sneed is, is maybe your best guy. And you feel really good this week against the Raiders that their best receiving threat is probably going to be getting matched up a lot with your best guy in the secondary in, in, in Sneed. Yeah, I, I'm excited for this matchup because Legarius Sneed has really team. come on. <laughs> I, I I am juiced for it because Hunter Renfro is a guy that we like to make fun of a little bit, but he is a very, very good wide receiver, a very, very good NFL player and their best wide receiver right now if Darren Waller doesn't go in this thing. So, yes, Legarius Sneed is going to be key to the Chiefs' defense in this game. Uh, I'm excited to watch Sneed and watch him continue to play. Also, I believe that Legarius Sneed is the best tackling cornerback in football. That's that's fair. That's fair. He's he's. I told you, I said this before. He's Rondé Barber. He's like a Rondé Barber of the books. That's who he reminds me. Of. That's the best tack. That's the last uh, corner who I think has tackled the best. I think Sneed is is in that caliber. Um, uh, he is not afraid to come up and fill and, and lay and lay the wood on on folks, and he can cover in that slot. So uh, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, the one last thing for me, though, when the Raiders have the ball, and that is, I'm scared to death of the developments with Dan Sorensen. Um, I'm scared to death here, um, and I listen to. Andy Reid this week come through with his, hey, just last week, just a couple weeks ago, many of you all didn't think he should be here anymore, wanted him off the team, and now look at you now. He still oh, shouldn't. Oh, still shouldn't oh I just want you to know, Andy, uh, and I know you guys listen sometimes. Uh, I'm still there, and here is where I am. It, it, 
And I'm gonna be honest, and and, and then I hold uh, this one. This is the one that made me real nervous. As as Andy is taking a, a damn victory lap and gloating about some of y'all said he should be gone, and look what happens now. It's funny how it happens. And then, uh, and then Dan's second father, uh, Steve Spagnola, he spoke this week and said, "Oh, he looks great. I'm fired up for him. I was as happy as the rest of the guys. <laughs> I watched our trainer, David Glover, brother of Dan." <laughs> Dan Glover. Sorry, I just added that in. Uh, David Glover run all the way down the sideline as Dan Sorensen was heading in there. All of us were happy for him. We all know it was a struggle early, but he never wavered, never complained, did his job. That's Dan. He's a pro. And I think that's why you got the reaction out of all of the other guys and feeling really, really good about Dan making those two plays. Those were huge. <laughs> Did you did you type this up or something so you I'm can reading, just read I've it? Got, I've got what he said. That's exactly that's bad. You have like the quotes that the team sends out, so you read what he said. Shout out to Pete Sweeney. Yeah, his father, <laughs> his father. And I listened. I listened to the presser, and I said, I've got to hear this. I've got to read this verbatim. Those two big plays that Dad yeah. made. Listen. Did, so first off, Dan celebrated that like. He was not a player who's won a Super Bowl before. Like that was like his Super Bowl moment when he was running into that end zone. And did what you? What the hell was it? He did. <laughs> did he, was waving the football around like yeah. like he was acting like that was the biggest moment of his career. I he was talking gonna, about a guy that's... who's played in multiple AFC title games. Yeah. And yeah, then I, don't, I is... don't think that's fair of you to do that. You don't know what you would do if you had twenty <laughs> if you had twenty yards clear. To get to the end zone. I was I, hoping he'd go Dion and, and Yeah, high step it. Do that. That's better than whatever what that whatever that was. I, I don't even know what he was doing. That was feels like that feels like the move of a guy who didn't have sex until he was in his twenties. And being <laughs> that he went to BYU, I think that's a fair bit. He <laughs> Okay, I'm happy for Dan. I, I'm happy for Dan. I'm glad you got easy. that moment. 24. You needed that this year. Spags wanted you to have it. He gave you your one shining moment. Now stop playing Dan so much. We don't need him in the secondary come playoff time. Dan does not belong back there. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I am, I'm nervous as hell when it comes to watching this because, listen, I'm torn because sort of, I, I think the way they're playing him – is a space where I'm like, all right, I like this. I like Dan cross up up near the line of scrimmage. I think Dan's a pretty good blitzer, and and I think when when he has less space to cover, you know, running backs out of the backfield, like I, I'm good with that. I like him near the line of scrimmage, kind of playing in a zone where he's not having to be covering people one on one. But my issue is, and why I still stand by, I think Andy Reid shouldn't dress him, is because, see, Steve is a, is a, is, is a dad. And, and, and Steve Spagnola views him as like his son. And we watch and see our kids differently. And he's just going to keep – like right now, he's been about 45% of the snaps. But Serta, he gets a pick six. You see him, he points out to these two huge plays. I bet you Spags, I bet you Spags can't talk about two other huge plays that anybody else made, right? But he knows his son, old Dan. He's along for the ride, baby. And he's gonna creep up from 45 to 55% of the snaps to 65% of the snaps. And all in nowhere. And, and uh, well, the way that Andy Andy goes and sits down and has meetings with the offense <laughs> at times, and you just, just never know. Speak Dan onto the field, <laughs> and next thing you know, forty nine is is going to be in the game seventy five percent of the snaps, right? And, and and that makes me nervous. Like right here, you heard him; he looks great, and I'm fired up for him. Uh, I do think the rest of the secondary is playing so well, and their pass rush is playing so well now. That if he chose to do that, it might mask how bad Dan is a, a little bit more than it did early in the season. I just listen. I'm telling you, I'm nervous. I like I said, I like the way that they could use him if they stay using him this way. But but Steve Steve views him as something that no one else in the world 
<laughs> like in the world. I mean, like South Korea, like Antarctica, <laughs> Japan. No one else in the world views Dan Sorensen, not even his own parents, view Dan Sorensen as a football player the way that Steve does. He sees something that we don't see. And so it makes me nervous because I think he's going to creep this on up. He's going to creep this on up. He's a ball hawk. He's yep. always oh making plays. God. Just always around the football. I bet. I bet. I'm not kidding you. I bet Steve shed a tear. When he, <laughs> when he definitely he, hugged. Can we get the Can we get the sideline footage after that? More touchdown? than hugged. he for sure hugged him. He paid for dinner. He paid. <laughs> I mean, it just like I think they go to dinner nightly, four or five times a week. Like I, I, I really do. Like next year, he may his name may be changed to Stan Spagnola. <laughs> at least, at least a hyphen. It'll be Dan. Sorensen Spagnola. Like it, that'll be a long last name. <laughs> Sorensen Spagnola. Yeah, they're gonna have to do what they did with LDT and like make the letters smaller on this. Yeah, year. they're going to. Yeah. So that, that's what makes me nervous. All right, we gotta uh we gotta hit this game sort of that is sweeping the nation. Certified or imposter. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. All right, and I'm going to go to it with this one. We've been talking about this defense, and that's where I'm going. The Chiefs defense, certified or imposter. They are 10, number 9, as my numbers have shown, uh, in DVOA. And that is really the like the nerd version of top-ranked defense, where they take more into account than just yards and things of that nature. And Serta, I mean, they're sitting here in their last few games, 9, 9, 14, 7, 17. That's what they've given up in this win streak. 17 points is the most they've given up. I'll go it again. 9, 9, 14, 7, and 17. They have been on a real stretch, five games, where they haven't given up more than 17 points. Ninth in DVOA. Certified or imposter, this Chiefs defense certified. It's certified. It's as bad as it was early in the season and historically bad. It's kind of unbelievable to think of where they are right now. And we already talked about it. Like you can question the offenses that they played, the circumstances that they've been in, whatever. It's not going to totally discount how great they've been. Like they've just been flat out fantastic. And it has to do with Spags just finally playing the guys that give them the best opportunity to play well in Juan Thornhill, Rashad Fenton. Like early in the year, we were going back and forth with Mike Hughes and he was splitting sass with Rashad Fenton and DeAndre Baker was getting into the mix a little bit here and there. And once Rashad Fenton finally started getting as much playing time as he deserved, the secondary looked totally different. Charvarius Ward is playing the best he's ever played in his career. He's probably pricing himself out of Kansas City this season. He's been playing mm. so well since he got healthy. And then Legarius Sneed is just getting better. The linebackers, Anthony Hitchens looked all right last week. Anthony Hitchens looked like looked like he got a little speed while he was taking some time off to get healthy. And yeah, now maybe, maybe that, that, that yeah, Willie yeah. Gay athleticism's rejuvenating old Hitch. Yeah, and then Nick is. Bolton is just a, a run-stuffing linebacker who has really helped the run defense. Yeah. And the defensive line's been outstanding. So yeah, that's that's not gonna last when you keep drinking seven or eight Red Bulls before games and maybe it takes it, it takes you up a notch. That's not gonna last with him. This defense is certified. Down. They're certified. I, I certified? I'm bought in. I'm bought in. Listen, I think this defense has been amazing, and I'm with you. Uh, especially where they came from in terms of, uh, of of belief that they're good. I'm going to say imposter right now. Um, and my reason being is I think they are good. I just don't know. And I don't think this week really shows it. Next week will show it. Next week to me, when they play the Chargers, I think this is an offense. Now, we'll see what guys are in and out. Um, I mean, Keenan Allen is on the COVID list right now. You wonder if he'll make it to the game Thursday. If he doesn't make it, that would be another, you know, scenario where they have been 
they have had a, a, a nice break hit them. But I, I, I think they're good. I just don't know for sure. And and the reason why I say this, I look, listen, I don't I don't believe in in the black Chad Pennington, which is Teddy Teddy uh, Bridgewater. I, I like he's just he's not someone that that gets that gets me going to thinking. Oh boy, that's that's somebody who can give you problems. Dak, I think, is a top ten quarterback in this league. But then he's sitting here without a left tackle, which uh, w- with his left tackle, which then had a play that directly led to a turnover because his fill in, didn't know what the hell was going on, and they lose Amari Cooper in the game, and then they lose CeeDee Lamb. So I can't ignore the break there. Then they play the Raiders. They were in shambles, just losing Henry Ruggs. They were struggling. Darren Waller wasn't 100%. That's a, that's that's another, ah, not quite. The Packers, obviously there was no Aaron Rodgers. And then the Giants, um, uh, they should fire Judge Joe Brown, uh, yesterday so and then and then and daniel jones is not that great like they they haven't faced a legit playoff level offense yet and i don't think the raiders are that either so i have to say imposter to to like the you know the top 10 deal dvoa i gotta say imposter to that they go out and hold the chargers under 20 they go out and really play the same way they have against the Chargers, then I'm a checkup. They got the Bengals, I think, a couple weeks after that, another really good offense. They go and hold those guys down. Now I'm listening. Now I'm with it. But right now, I cannot ignore in this five-game stretch. They've had they've had some real good breaks bounce their way. They've had some, re- yeah. I mean, some really good yeah. breaks. You just got to go. You just got to roll with it. And and that's not their fault. And they played it well because Lord knows this Chiefs, this Chiefs defense, even with breaks, could still get their asses ran through. But I can't ignore it when we're talking about certified or imposter. All right. uh, Serta, they play uh, the Raiders and they they can really take another step on uh, taking, taking and, and distancing themselves in the division, beating the Broncos. They could get two in a row here. Uh, in this three-game stretch where they play division teams. Uh, what's the score in this game between the Chiefs and Broncos? Yeah, and the Raiders. I I, I just don't – I mean, the Chiefs and Raiders, sorry. <laughs> uh, I I just don't think the Raiders are a good football team. I know they're 6-6. Six and six. They've been through a, a ton of stuff this season, and that's stuff that's hard to overcome. You know, Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby and everybody – on that defense have been good this season. Their defense really has been better, a a lot better than a lot of people expected it to be this season. But I just simply think that they aren't as good of a football team as the chiefs. I think this is going to be similar to the last game where Mm -hmm. the chiefs are going to be able to put up points in this one. We're still going to come out of it questioning the offense a little bit because they've done it twice to the Raiders now and haven't done it to anybody else recently. But I think the Chiefs are going to put up a lot of points, and I just don't think the Raiders are going to be able to keep up with them because their wide receivers outside of Hunter Renfro, especially if Darren Waller's not available in this game, they just don't have good pass catchers. I think it's going to be thirty-one to seventeen, Kansas City. Wow, that's that's a good that's a good guess. Yeah, I I, I like I like the Chiefs in this one too. Um, I uh, not as much. I think they'll. I think we'll feel a little bit better about the offense coming out of it because I don't think the Raiders' defense is as good as the Broncos. They do have those guys up front that you got to take a look at. I, I'm feeling 28-14. I think they'll hold another team under under 20 points, which will be six straight, um, which is a heck of an accomplishment. But I, I say 28-14 Chiefs. Uh, they win by two touchdowns in this game. All right, man. Uh, what do, what do we got to look for? You got the post game this week after that game, uh, early post game after a twelve o'clock game. It feels like it's the first time they played at twelve o'clock, and feels like in weeks. I know. I can't wait. That that Broncos game was supposed to be a noon game, and it, and it got flexed. So I'm very excited that they are playing at noon on Sunday. And you can catch me and Rocky Magania on the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show immediately following the Chiefs and Raiders. So make sure you're on the lookout for that on our Twitter page, Facebook, and YouTube. And as always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network.
Yeah, and, and check out all the shows. If you don't, um, I just don't think you're a really good decision maker. Um, so uh, make sure or you gut. check out or gut. all the shows uh, that we got rocking and rolling here um, on Arrowhead Pride. All right, BK, have a good time. He's at his wedding. Uh, we'll miss him next week. What are we doing next week? We uh, because we we're on the game day. We'll be uh, we'll be uh, we'll be giving lunch a little post game show. I might get a little post game action after this uh, after this Chargers Chiefs game. Uh, yeah, coming since, up next week. since we're since we normally are the Friday morning podcast next week, me and Ron the show will be hosting the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show immediately following the Chargers Thursday night football game. I'm gonna be hot and fire. That's gonna be a big one. All right, Serta, great job as uh, as normal. Um, I'm half in the bag after these uh, these uh, three angry orchards that I've uh, punished off in the last 45 minutes, and I feel re- really great about it. Uh, sorry, BK, you couldn't be with us. Uh, hope you enjoy yourself at your wedding. I'm Ron, the show that Steven Serta. We are out. <laughs>